Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Wow. Between right where you are right now and the throne room of God, there is a war. And the battle is primary. It is, it is for our worship. I don't mean singing songs. It's for your heart. <laughs> there is some teaching that some churches are teaching that almost is like we all make it in the end. And I, I honestly hope that that's true. I hope that God pours out His Spirit in such a way that you cannot resist Him. Amen. I, 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 I pray for that daily. But the reality is this, that you have been saved from the darkness into light. You, you were once in darkness. in the kingdom of darkness and you have been placed through Jesus into the kingdom of light. I've I've got, I'm probably going to have to do this in in two cracks to be honest with you and you'll get a bit of it this morning and then I'm going to be preaching tonight. If you're not around tonight, I'm really sorry, you can get it on podcast and you'll hear the second half of this tonight. I want to read Ephesians 3 and 8. Listen to what it says. Some of us will know this off the top of our heads. Paul's speaking, and he says, Although I am the least of these, of all God's people, this grace given to me to preach to the Gentiles, and listen when we're preaching, listen when he's preaching, the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past has been, keep, has been kept hidden from God, who created all things. His intent was, so God's intent was that now, through the church, that's you, say that's me, all right, so here's your job. So that God's intent is that now, through you, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. It's not the end of the verse. Some of you bright Bible scholars will know the end of the verse. Where are we to make this known? To the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. Hello, to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly realms. My preach this morning is is on the armor of God, and I don't think we'll get there this morning, but I'm hoping I'll get there this, this afternoon or tonight with the armor of God and what that looks like and how we're supposed to use that. 
but my preamble for the preach has become a preach. So I'm going to give you some of that this morning. Because unless we understand the spiritual dynamics, unless we understand the unseen, In Ephesians, we've been going through Ephesians, and in the first three chapters of Ephesians, how magnificent, well, all of Ephesians has been magnificent, but the first three chapters talks about you, talks about me, talks about Christ, talks about our relationship between Christ and us and where we're seated. It is a very good three chapters. The second three chapters says, just like Laura says, how do we live out of that place here, here right now? How should that affect us? So chapter 1, it says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world, made you holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined you for adoption as sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to His pleasure and His will. To the praise of His glorious grace, He has freely given us. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins and according to His riches and grace that He lavished on us. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which you are called. Chapter 2. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive together in Christ. Even when we were dead, we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up to seated us with Christ in heavenly realms. There it is again. In order that in the coming ages, He might show the riches of His grace expressed through kindness, through Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved. It's through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Do you believe that? You are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. And this war, this war that's raging, is after your heart. And God's wooing you. He's lavishing His love upon you. Because he doesn't fight like the enemy fights. He uses grace and love and he lavishes it on us that he might truly win our hearts. It's absolutely amazing the first three chapters. If you, we almost need to read it daily. <laughs> it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Chapter 3 says, finishes off with this. This, this amazing, for I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. These three chapters are amazing. And we move into chapter four. And this is where all of that stuff becomes a reality. Be completely humble, it says. Be gentle, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. 
Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, who is over all and through all and in all. Oneness. The church hasn't made a very good job of that. So Christ himself gives some to be apostles. So here he's given, he's given us instruction to equip his people, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, to equip his people for works of service. So there's a service here. Because of the first three chapters, there's a service. <laughs> Until we reach unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, then you will no longer be infants tossed about with every wave that's blown. <laughs> in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Because of the first three chapters, here's some of the instruction. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Hello. Ha. Huh. According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. That's good instruction. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, anger, brawling, slander, every kind of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. You see, you cannot read the next three chapters without understanding that God set us up in the first three chapters. He told us who we are. He told us where we were seated. But then He told us, this is how you should live in response to that. Chapter 5, for you were once in darkness, but now you are in light. Live as children of the light. <laughs> For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Here's a good verse. And find out what pleases the Lord. <laughs> That's a great verse, isn't it? Find out what pleases the Lord goes on to talk about wake up or sleep out. Make the most of every opportunity because the days of evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to the Father. Tells children to obey their parents. It tells husbands and wives to love each other. And then it says this, which is my text for today, and I've took a long time to get there. But you need to understand it in context. We need to understand it in context. We are in a fight. You're in a fight. And that has nothing to do with your circumstances. It doesn't matter whether things are good for you or whether things are bad for you right now. 
you are in a fight. And one of the questions I felt the Lord wanted me to ask you guys today was this, are you fit for the fight? Because if you enter a boxing ring and you're not fit, you're going to get a hammering. <laughs> and God gives us some stuff, actually, here in His Word to get us fit for the fight. Because you're in a fight. It's not like you're not in one. You're in one. It's going on right now. It's raging. The old hymn writer says, fight the good fight, doesn't it? We're in one. And sometimes it causes us to stand with others in their fight. And I'm not just talking about people who unfollow you on Facebook. But to stand with each other. To join in their fight. So I think there are two fights that's going on. And some of you might not agree with this theology, but hear me out. I think there's an inner fight and an outer fight. So there's a fight within you. Or how the Bible might describe it, or as Paul says in Romans 7, Paul says that we're at war with our flesh. It's, Paul actually says that our flesh wages war against the Spirit, and there is a battle going on. Let me read the verse because it will help you. Galatians 5.16 says this. So I say, walk in the Spirit and do not gratify the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit leads to holiness. We have an internal battle. The early, um, I was reading about some of the early monks and... Um, I was horrified to hear that some of the early monks, they, you know, they, they went off and, and tried to hide away in a small group to, to enter into this state of, of oneness with God, I suppose. And how they did that, they tried to block out everything around them. And they actually missed the point. Now, some of that stuff does help, but the point is it's an internal thing. Some of them I was even horrified to hear that the, the monks, the guys, even, um, let's just say, did some surgery so that their thoughts would be pure. Only to realize that that surgery didn't really work because it's an internal thing. We, were, we wage war against the flesh. Now, some of you are sitting there going, but I'm a new creation in Christ. <laughs> and that is true. That is true. The old is gone, the new has come. But we don't walk out that new creation, do we? You're going, yeah, I do. There's a war going on in you. And it's an easy war to fix. Because the Bible's very clear, it just says walk in the Spirit. 
walk in the Spirit. Our sin issues as Christians are not because we don't have power over sin, because we have power over sin. They are choices we make. It's this battle that's going on in us. It's the battle. Do I choose that or do I choose that? The power of sin has been broken over your life. If you know Jesus, sin has no power over you any longer. But you still have power to sin. <laughs> so Paul comes to this conclusion after all that good stuff, after all the instruction, after all the who we are in Christ. He comes and he throws this, what I thought was a curveball in at this time. And he says, finally, finally says, Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, hello, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, the reason I'm telling you there's two battles going on is because we so often blame this stuff on stuff that we do. You are free. If you know Jesus, you are free to choose not to sin. Not everybody has that privilege. They're still in the kingdom of darkness. We are not in the kingdom of darkness. We are in the kingdom of light. And God has given us power over sin. But He's still giving you choice. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if it comes, when it comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Oh, there's a great word. After you've done everything to stand. Come on, how many of us have had that time? I know I've had that time where you want to pack in, <laughs> where you've had enough. I cannot stand anymore. I cannot stand it anymore. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm. See, sometimes as Christians, we live a victorious life, and of course we do. But sometimes we just have to stand. Things aren't working out for us. There's death, there's illness. Things aren't going right with job. I didn't get the exam result. Whatever it might be. We just have to stand. Believe in God. After I've done everything. After I've done everything. Stand firm then. With a belt of truth buckled around your waist. With a breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It's a gospel of peace. Hello, it's a gospel of peace. It's a gospel of goodness. It's a gospel of love. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which will extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Isabel got it right. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. He thought about what that looks like. <laughs> you think there's just one prayer. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep praying for all those people we to pray for each other. Pray for me that when I speak, I might be given that spirit of fearlessness to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. chains. Where do I go with this today? There are a host of fallen angels operating in places of heavenly realms. So Satan took a third And there are countless upon countless upon countless of demonic forces at work as you sit in your chair right now. And they use predominantly this world system or the system or the kingdom of darkness. But we are the temple of light. <laughs> This is a system in the world at work and is working by the running of those demonic forces. And our job is to step into that place and change it. God is far above every principality and power. Amen. Amen. We must help God's people to see that we are seated we're seated in heavenly realms in a victorious seating with the Lord's strength. You see, when, when the Bible tells us that the battle's not ours, it's His, He means it. Satan is described as an angel of light. And he tells us that a right relationship with God has to be earned. Or if you like, he uses quite a lot today of the religious system that says for you to be all right with God, it requires this, 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 this. and I could, I could, I'll not name them, but I could name them. Some people come to church every Sunday because they want to be right with God. Some people read their Bibles every day because they want to be right with God. And there's nothing wrong with those things. They're good, wholesome things. But if you're doing it to be right with God, then you've entered into a religious system that says you have to work or do something to be right with God. You see, it is by grace that you have been saved. It is through faith. It is not of yourself. 
Those things should be an outworking of your relationship, not because you're trying to get somewhere with God. Oh, hear me on this. I'm trying to be as good as I can. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His might. You see, if we stay in our flesh, we try with our own strength, we're going to get beat up. Three times Paul says, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm in His strength. It's about time we began to lay some stuff down that we've been trying to fix. And step into His strength. Stand in His strength. I believe it's not a time right now for weak Christians. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. It's the same power that is everything under His feet. It's the same power that has placed everything under Christ's feet. Ephesians 3.16 says that I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. The power is within you, and it's His power, and it's His strength. How do we tap into that power? We use the armor of God, first and foremost. But we must understand the enemy. How can you enter a battle without understanding your enemy? You'll get beat up. The enemy fell from heaven. He tempted Eve. He even tempted Christ. He blinds the eyes of those who can't see the goodness of God. He works in the religious system. He's quite happy to release some false teaching across the church. <laughs> says that he schemes against us. Schemes, at, um, better described as stalks. He stalks you. I won't want to freak you out because you're victorious. 2 Corinthians 2, it says this, in order that Satan might not outwit us for for we are not unaware of his schemes. In context, that verse is actually talking about forgiveness. <laughs> we must, must, must have an understanding of the battle. We must have an understanding of the heavenly realms. Amen. Because we'll never change things here on earth until we change it in that realm. You see, we don't wage war with flesh and blood. We just read that. We're not waging war with flesh and blood. Everything visible and physical is preceded by something invisible and spiritual. That's just words, isn't it? But have a think about it. There is another dimension going on that is not what you're seeing and sitting in right now. In the war that we fight, 
has taken place in that realm. Other than the war that's within you for the flesh, that realm. I'd love to talk to you about first, second, and third heaven, but I'm not going to do that because I think it'll throw us off. Without identifying the invisible root, listen to this, you will become thrown off by the physical fruit. So if somebody comes raging at me, there's something going on in the spirit. But we so often see the individual. <laughs> I'm not speaking to them again. Did you see what they said to me? Now I'm not saying they're not responsible, but I am saying this, that there's something driving that that is bigger than them. You see, when I talk to people and people talk to me, I can... This is will freak you out, but never mind. I, there, there is a... Well, do I want to use the word aura? There is, a, there is a, something that surrounds you that I'm able to tap into. We can all do it, actually. It's not a specialist thing. Have you ever walked into a place and felt a bad atmosphere? What's happening there? You know, when you just walk in the room and you go, whoa, what's happened here? You ever stayed in a hotel room like that? I've stayed in plenty like that, I tell you. <laughs> I've stayed in plenty. Or have you ever come across a person and there's just something that clashes with you? It happens to me all the time. I once had a holiday and I spent a week's holiday fighting in the spirit a waitress. I come back, seriously, I had a week off, I come back and I needed another holiday. Whatever table I was on, she was on. Wherever I went in the hotel, she turned up. I moved sections, I moved to a different dining table room and there she was again. For a full week we battled in the spirit. Because when you understand the spiritual realm, <laughs> now, now listen, I, I don't have anything against her. I didn't leave a tip. I did, to be honest with you, I didn't. I tried to get away. I was, I was wanting to avoid her. She, she was a witch. That's what she was. She was a witch. I spent a week battling. People think, oh, well, you're a Christian, surely. You should have just went like that and it all went away. That's not what happened. I spent a week battling. You see, hear me in this. A police officer wears a uniform that gives him authority. We all know this. We've probably heard this before. His uniform identifies him as someone in authority. He also carries or she carries some stuff around them that they may need to use to inflict that authority. <laughs> like a big stick. <laughs> or some handcuffs. Or some pepper spray. And here what the Apostle Paul's doing, he's using what he was seeing in a, in a daily basis. He was using a Roman soldier and the armor that that soldier had on to try and teach us something of a spiritual significance. It's got now to do with a Roman soldier. 
Because the Roman soldier didn't have a belt of truth. He had a belt. So Paul's trying to teach us something here of another place. <laughs> Using what he's seen in that realm. I'm going to fly on because it's time. You see, God provides the armor for us, but He says you must put it on. Christians walk around either half-dressed or waiting for somebody else to put it on them. He says you're to wear the armor. You're to put it on. It's not my responsibility to keep you dressed. You're an adult. Maybe if you're a young Christian, we should help you out. But if I'm still dressing my 38-year-old kid, there's something seriously wrong. Remember, Jesus has been put in control. Who's heard the, word, the verse, resist the devil and he'll flee? Who knows the beginning of that verse? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So, Jesus is being put in charge. That's great news. All we need to do is get ourselves seated where we're supposed to be seated in the heavenly realms with Him. Is it possible to be in two places at the same time? Some of you are saying, yes, that's good. So, in the natural, in today's technology, we have something called Skype which enables me to sit in one place and be somewhere else in the world through a computer screen. Years ago, we would have thought that was crackers. But I believe we're moving into a place spiritually where the understanding of being in two realms at the same time will not be crackers. It'll just be normal for Christians. It'll just be normal for us. The belt of truth When we're at war, we need to understand that truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. So truth, <laughs> truth is quite simply God's view on something. Just let that sit for a minute. Truth is quite simply God's view on something. Why do we need the belt of truth? Well, we have an enemy who's a liar. <laughs> so we need the truth. Truth has got now to do with facts or feelings. People will argue facts without understanding the truth. It's true. <laughs> There are two answers to every question. God's answer and your answer. It's that simple, isn't it? Here's a one. You'll think I flipped. It's not the truth that sets you free. Now you're all going to throw a Bible verse at me, aren't you? Which is John 8, 32. How many of us know it in its fullness? It says this, Then you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. It's the knowing of the truth that will set you free. Otherwise, you could be living out of a lie, even as a Christian. You could still be living in bondage if the truth has not been revealed to you about something. And you're thinking, what is he on about? Well, if you think God's an angry God all the time, then that's not true. <laughs> Your understanding of who God is, it's essential that you hear the truth of who He is and the truth of who you are as well. If I'm a no good, no good for anything, no good God, just a filthy, dirty sinner approach, and a lot of Christians take that approach. That is not the truth of God's Word for you. You are co-heirs with Christ. You're His son. You're His daughter. If you live out of that filthy sinner mentality, it is not the truth. Now, that is a very simple thing, but for years and years and years, I lived out of the filthy sinner mentality. And what do you think that done? It kept me in a place of a lie. The truth, the belt of truth is really important. We need the truth because our enemy's a liar. If we don't have the truth, then we could be living out of deception. Really important. Breastplate of righteousness. I've got five minutes to run through these. Breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate would would do what? It would protect. It's a bit like a, a modern-day stab vest that the police wear or others. It would protect the vital organs, particularly one organ. As Proverb puts it this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So the righteousness that Christ has given us He's given us His righteousness because we didn't have any righteousness of our own. So He's given us His righteousness and made us right before God. And here's the crux. He wants you to live right. Oh, that's a bit of a tough message today, isn't it? He wants us to live righteous. You have what you need, but He wants you to live righteous. If the enemy can get us living wrong not believe in the truth, then he can control your environment. We must deal with the power behind the problem. Living right is quite often about making right choices. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you who you have received from God, here's a good verse, and you are not your own, but you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Wow, I'm not my own. Bought with a price. The gospel of peace, the shoes, Roman soldiers, they used to have studs on the bottom of their shoes so that they could keep steady, not slip. The gospel we preach is a gospel of peace. You should be a person of peace. The gospel of peace, or, be, or being in a place of peace, 
It, Bible peace is not because everything is right or everything is wrong. It's a place, it's a state of peace. That's why Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not like the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If we are living in the truth, if we are living right, if our shoes that we wear take us into places where we release peace, then your shoes should take your places. Shield of faith is another thing. Faith is so... How many preachers I've heard about faith that has made my toes curl? You cannot buy faith. Don't send you five dollars for the hanky. <laughs> Hello? Faith is in you. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to whip it up. Biblical faith, listen to this, biblical faith is believing God is telling the truth and acting on it like it is so even though it's not so, so that it might become so. Fiery darts, what's that all about? Why just not normal arrows? Why fiery arrows? It took my memory back to the, um, my dad, he still does, loves, loves watching cowboy films. Can you remember those cowboy films? And you remember when the, 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 the cowboys had guns and the Indians had arrows? I never quite worked out how that was fair um, until the Indians eventually got some guns, and that was different. But when they had arrows, and, and, and they, used to, they used to circle around, you know, when they were being attacked by the Indians, because um, they were stealing their land. Let's not get there. Um, they, they, they circled around, and, the, and, and an Indian would suddenly say, let's light this arrow. But he, they very often didn't fire it into the individual, but they would set the the coaches on fire, wouldn't it? <laughs> they would cause a distraction. The shield of faith is able to protect us from the fiery darts of the enemy. We must live in truth. We must live right. We must be people of peace and we must operate from faith. You see, we have to put on the full armor of God, not just some of it. See, if you go into our toilets now, probably like David's doing. <laughs> well, not tell him I said that. And what happens is, as you go into our toilets these days, something strange happens, not just with you. The light comes on. Have you noticed? Because what we did was, we had some motion detectors fitted to save energy. Isn't that good? Follow me on this one. See, there's a kingdom of darkness where the light will only come on when you move into it. <laughs> it's a motion detector in the spirit. And faith doesn't look like all our rows are in order and all the ducks are in order. Faith sometimes looks like it's dark in there, but I'm going to step in. Yeah. 
believing that my motion, my, my action will turn on the light. Faith. It's not always seen or very rarely seen. I'm going to finish because time is gone. When you step in, it's your movement that will give you that. It's your ability to step in. Helmet of salvation. Just want to say very quickly on this because, and then the sword of the Spirit. I'll never get too done. Helmet of salvation. It's important as Christians we protect our mind. Now, sometimes our mind gets in the way because our heart will take us further than our mind ever will. So sometimes our mind gets in the way. And I'll finish with this. The Bible encourages us to have the same mind as Christ. Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The helmet of salvation protects your mind and gives you the mind of Christ. I haven't got time to finish this, but I'll finish some of it tonight and do some other bits that I didn't do. Should we just stand? I'll pray for you because time's gone. So, Father, we thank you that right now Christ is seated in the heavenly realms far above all principalities and powers. And everything, everything has been placed under His feet. And right now, He's chosen us, His church, <laughs> to walk out and to demonstrate that authority here on earth. Well, Father, I pray today that each of us, right now, would clothe ourselves with the armor of God. Just to try and picture that in your mind. Not so that you look like a Roman soldier, but that you look at what God is asking you to take on. That you become a person of peace. You deliver peace. You distribute peace. <laughs> Wherever you set foot in, peace is around you. That you protect your mind. That you live right. Wow. That you're truthful in your relationships, but you're truthful with God and you live out a truth. God, we clothe ourselves with the very stuff that you've given us. We thank you for the sword of the Spirit, which is your word. We thank you that as we declare your word, things change. That as we speak out the Word of God, things change. I thank you that you tell us that we're to pray continually. Amen. Thank you, Father, that you tell us that we're to pray and we're to, we're to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to each other. That we're to pray in the Spirit. Amen. So right now, I bless 
these folk here today to understand this, that that heavenly realm, <laughs> that heavenly realm is under the feet of Jesus. In his name. Amen. Laura.